Can we just celebrate all that God's done in 20 years? Come on. Man, it's been an amazing ride, an amazing journey, but now's not the time for tears. Now is the time to take new ground, Stone Creek. Let's go. Man, we have such a vision in front of us. God has done so much. And when God wants to take new ground, what he does is he calls people to move beyond. He calls people to move beyond their comfort zone. He calls people to stop looking in the rearview mirror. He calls people to move beyond their own life, to move beyond their own location, beyond their own financial situation. God calls people to move beyond because the mission is critical. So many people in this room have had your life changed here. Man, what if this place wouldn't have been here for you? Like, what if something would have happened and you wouldn't have been here and, and God wasn't able to work through this church? And so we have got to carry the mission forward. You know, God, whenever he wants, whenever he sees the beyond, whenever he has new ground to take, he always calls the people to move beyond. This is the story of the Bible. You know, when we look even at the life of Jesus, Jesus leaves heaven to move beyond heaven to earth so he can move us beyond earth into heaven. Amen. Man, Jesus came, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised its shame and now is seated at the right hand of God. This is the Savior we serve him for all he's done for us. How can we do any less? You know, as we look at the story of the Bible, it's always a story of God moving people from something to something. And, and usually it's from slavery to freedom. You know, as you think about the Old Testament, you look at God's people, the nation of Israel, and he's moving them from slavery into freedom. And it's one of the great images we have of the work of God in our lives. The work of Jesus is this idea of releasing us from slavery, moving us into freedom. And so for this, for this idea of beyond this journey that we're going to be on, we're going to look at the nation of Israel as they move from slavery into the promised land, a place where God had prepared for them. And we're just going to look at their journey and how it impacts our own life. They were led by a guy named Joshua. You know, how many of you guys have heard of Joshua? You know, three of you. Let's go. Um, impressive. Uh, how about Moses? You heard of Moses? Okay, Moses isn't in this story. I just was checking. No. So Moses has led them out of slavery. Moses had died and now they're on the verge, they're on the brink, they're at the crossroads and they're moving to take new ground, to take the promised land. And this is a story that we have for us. So I just want to unpack a little bit of the story, but I also want to get into the nitty gritty of what God's calling us to, the, the tactical and practical steps that we need to take. And it's going to feel a little bit like drinking from a fire hydrant. Like how, how many of you have ever drunk from a fire hydrant? That's good. Today will be the first time. And so let's grab our Bibles. We're going to be in the book of Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter one. I just want to unpack a few verses here and then let's get into some of the specifics of beyond. In Joshua chapter one, um, <clears throat> the Lord's speaking to Joshua and he says this, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. So Joshua was Moses' assistant. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now that feels like one of the moments where you go, duh, like I know this, but God wanted to be really clear that Joshua understood the gravity of his time and the magnitude of his mission. And he goes on to tell him, Moses, my servant is dead. Now arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised Moses. Here's the lesson we learned. God has gone before us. God has gone before us. As we look at 20 years, God was there. 
as we look at the next 20, God is there and God's calling us forward. He is already there and he's asking us to do our part. He's asking us to step into this beyond with him. Verse six, he says this, he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. You shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore or I promised to their fathers to give them. He was already there. God had already gone beyond. Verse nine, he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God has gone before. And then in verse 13, it says, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. God has provided. God is providing. And God will provide. God is already moving. God is already in the midst of this. He's been in the midst of our lives for 20 years at this particular church, and God is moving us into the next 20 years, into the beyond. You know, what exactly, what exactly is beyond? Beyond is advancing now for generations to come, right? It's not building buildings so that people will come and attend here. It's not building a monument to the pastor. It's not, it's not building. It is advancing now for generations to come. There are generations that don't know Jesus. As we've talked about many, many times, there's a millennial generation that has been forgotten by the church that, that has looked at church and didn't feel like the church loved them, didn't feel like the church cared for them, and they feel forgotten. And they didn't just feel forgotten by the church. They felt forgotten by Jesus. And they need, a, they need a church to come along and to breathe life into them and believe in them and to move past the stereotypes to tell them how much God loves them. You know, there's Generation Y that comes along and then there's the next generation, uh, the Generation Alpha that nobody knows what to call them yet because we're not sure of uh, the, bad part, the bad characteristics they have because that's how you get labeled as a generation, right? The bad characteristics that you have. And so we need to advance now because we believe in the future generations. We believe that they are worth fighting for and this is what, we're, this is what we want to be about. Advancing now for generations to come. Now what exactly is beyond? What's it going to take? Beyond is a two-year journey of increased generosity to multiply our kingdom impact. It's a two-year journey of increased generosity to multiply our kingdom impact. Now let's talk about this a minute. When, when the nation of Israel moves into the promised land, they don't just walk in and say, hey guys, we're here, everybody should move out. There's work and there's war. There's work and there's battle. And anything, anything worth it is worth fighting for, amen? Like how many of you guys have fought for your marriage at times? The rest of you have fought in your marriage a lot of times. Man, we fought for relationships. We fought for justice. We fought for our rights. We, we fight for things that are worth it. And so we wanna battle and we know it's gonna cost money. We know it's gonna require all of us to lock arms together. Now in Ephesians chapter 20, we get our marching orders for beyond. In Ephesians chapter three, excuse me, verse 20. It says, now to him, meaning Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly, let's say this together, beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. And God, God has called us to reach the generations. And if we're not intentional about it, we'll just continue doing the same thing we've been doing and we won't adapt and the church will lose another generation and that shouldn't happen on our watch don't creak not on our watch not as long as we are here in this community not as long as we have resources and opportunities to see people rescued this is what beyond is about 
And so I'm going to paint the picture in four different components of what this journey will be about. Four different components that's going to help frame up what we believe God has called us to, the vision that we're moving into. And so the first one is beyond church. The first one is beyond church. You know, we want to accelerate our current vision beyond belief. What can tend to happen is that when you get something new, it's kind of like shiny object syndrome. You've ever had that? It's like squirrel and you always go after that. But we know that what we're doing now, it matters. Man, our mission now matters. You've been reached through our current mission. So Beyond Church is just going to help us with current to increase staffing dollars, to increase ministry dollars, so we can keep doing the ministry that we're already doing. We don't want to separate out Beyond and what we're currently doing. It is all Beyond. It is all the same mission. It's all the same vision. It's all the same direction. And so this is going to cover our operating budget. Um, we're gonna, our leadership development program is gonna become an accredited ministry program. Let me just explain a little bit how this place works. So we've got an amazing student ministry. Did you know this? Like anybody wanna, anybody wanna celebrate that right now? We've got an amazing student ministry. And what, what tends to happen is kids come to our student ministry and they give their life to Christ and they get into, towards the end of their high school days and they feel like God wants them to go into vocational ministry. And so we want to be able to provide training for them. You know, most industries now have gone to an apprenticeship program, an internship program. You spend a summer at least, if not a year, interning at a company in your specialized field of study. So for instance, some of you are teachers. How many teachers in the room today? Gosh, a lot of you. Man, you guys are like the unsung heroes of the community, aren't you? And so for most of you teachers, you spent at least a semester student teaching and you got to the end of that and you thought, I'm never teaching again. And then you realize you spent too much money on education. So you just kept on teaching. Um, but my daughter's a teacher, so I can, so I understand a little bit of that. Um, but teachers have that opportunity to intern, to get on the job training. And so when I became a pastor, when I decided to go into ministry, I went to Bible college basically and I learned some good stuff, but I didn't get any practical hands-on experience. And so I just wanted this opportunity to be able to invest in young leaders, men, guys and girls, so that they could have opportunity to come in, be on our team, be part of our, and not just be interns to run and get coffee, but where they could do some legitimate specialized projects. And so we've been able to launch our leadership development program, but, but it's really critical for our future. Because as we plant campuses and as we plant churches, we see kids who grow up in our kids' ministry that go to our student ministry, they're in our leadership development program, going and launching campuses, being pastors to your kids and your grandkids, being worship pastors and missionaries around the globe. We have them all over the place now, and we need to continue to breathe some more life into our leadership development program. We want to move church beyond Sunday. We want to move church beyond Sunday. Now, now what's happened in our culture is we, lived in a, we live in a time-shifting culture. You know, when, 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 Hillary, when we were younger, we probably knew the, three, the, anch the top three anchors on the three big networks, right, of the, the evening news. We would know their names, Walter Cronkite, guys like that. And now you'd be challenged to even know if we still have evening news. Am I right? Like, we don't know who they are. And things have time shifted for us. Content is moving beyond a specific time and in, into different areas. You know, when we were kids my age, when I was a kid, on Monday, 83% of, uh, of the kids in my school had watched the same shows the night before. 83%. And now that number is less than 20% because you can just binge watch The Office on Netflix whenever you want to. And so we, as a church, we've got to capitalize on that. We've got to create podcasts and content delivery system that move it off of two hours a week, 9.30 and 11. 9.30 and 11 are really important. You need to know that. You're never going to get away from that. There's got to be some face-to-face. -face. God does something special in the context of worship. 
but, but we need to move content where people can continue to grow because we're not about entertaining. We're about equipping. That's who we are. It's what we do. So we want to, that's what this means for us to move church beyond Sunday. And then a full length Stone Creek worship album. I love what God's done in our worship environments over the last two years, don't you? Come on, under the leadership, yeah, under the leadership of Patrick Casey. I love coming, man. It doesn't matter how many services we have, whether it's Christmas Eve, we have a bunch, or the two we have on Sunday, I'm always in the front row worshiping. I love what God's doing. And so we wanna continue to develop that through a worship album. So let's say Beyond Church together. Beyond Church, this is the first one. The next one, the next one, Beyond Now. Beyond Now. You know, um, as we look at beyond now, we don't want to be just for this generation. We, we don't call the, you know, we don't call our kids and student ministry the next generation. We call them the what? The now generation. Because we're invested. We believe they're the church of now. That we believe they've got just as much value as an adult. And so we want to, we need to renovate some of our space. We need to reorgan, reorient some of our space here to serve our families better, to serve our kids better, whether it's on our nursery, pre-K, or even for our students. We need to do some, some work in this building to make it more conducive for them. We want to create multiple multi-use outdoor space. Now what you may not know, what you may not know is that um, we have 51 acres. Tommy mentioned it re- just briefly. We have 51 acres of property. We have the largest undeveloped tract of land in Milton, Georgia. Largest undeveloped tract of land in Milton, Georgia. And so what we want to do is not to just build a lot of buildings here, but we want to create space where people can drive on our property amidst the traffic and the phone calls and the cell phone and everything else that we've got going off in our head where they can just go and just experience rest, what it means to slow down, what it means to hear from God. And we want to create that in this, on this particular space. We also want to reduce debt. Now, let me talk a little bit about this. Now, on our property, we have $3.8 million in debt. Now, you're like, what's the context of that? I don't know. Well, that is, for us, $3.8 million, it's manageable. We, we could manage that. But it's sucking up dollars that could be spent in ministry. You know, it's sucking up resources where we could move into new areas and new frontiers, help more families, hire more staff to do more ministry. And so part of what we give is going to be help us to reduce that, to free up dollars for the future. And then um, also worship engagement advancements. This one you're going to find a little funny. So, so, so in, our, in our environment now, this environment was built in 2004, okay, 2004. Do you remember what you were doing in 2004? No, you don't? No. Some of you are like, I wasn't born yet. I don't know. (laughs) Facebook was created in 2004, the same year some of our equipment was installed. MySpace was a thing in 2004. The Razer flip phone was the most powerful phone you could get. One megapixel camera. Ooh, it was amazing. And this is how we listened to music in 2004. The old iPod. Do you guys even know what this is, right? You got it? You got it? Like this is pre-video iPod. This is some of the equipment we have in here. Now, we're not saying that we should be uh, the next Pixar Studios, but we are saying we should be relevant. That one of the reasons why the millennial generation and others get left behind is because the church kind of comes in and says, it's good enough. Listen, and we need to be relevant so that we can reach people in a way that they're used to being reached in other areas of our community. So we need to upgrade our worship area. Man, another thing we need to do is to advance our online and accelerate our online engagement. We need to accelerate our online engagement. Did you know that one in five couples who get married meet online? You know this? Like, and people over the age of 50 are like, that feels weird. Hey, it just feels real, right? This is a reality today. 90% of millennials are on social media. 
They, they used to say that in the first five minutes of someone entering your property is when they decided if they were coming back to your church as they drove into the parking lot. That's why you parking lot guys are so crucial. But, but now, you know, you know how long it takes? 50 milliseconds when they look at your website. That's how they know if they're coming back. So we need to accelerate our online engagement. It helps us to move stuff off Sunday. It helps us to reach a generation that grows up. It doesn't mean we sacrifice meeting together. And I'm not saying you necessarily, a lot of you are like, well, I don't even have social media. Hey, that's great. It doesn't matter. That, it doesn't matter if you have it or not. Lost people have it. People who don't know Jesus have it. And we need to leverage everything we can to reach them with every tool we can come up with that God calls us to. Now, now, one of the things that's been, that uh, an analogy I heard this week from one of the people in our church, they were talking about the age of our staff and she was talking about, basically she's saying I was the oldest one, right? That's what she was saying. But it was kinder than that. She used jeans as the analogy. She says, you know, you have like straight leg jeans, then you have uh, slim fit jeans, then you have skinny jeans, right? And she says, you're, you're the regular fit or straight leg jean. Uh, she actually said boot cut. I adopted the straight leg. And she says, and you got a lot of skinny jeans people. And what she was saying was, I mean, we got a lot of young leaders. And here's what I believe about that. I believe that God's done that. And I believe the reason he's done that is because of what he's doing in our church for us to reach the next generations. And so I'm, I'm going to take a little pastor moment um, right now, um, just like Joey just did. And, and he knew this was coming because I did in the first service. Um, and of course, Joey's always got to one up me all the time. Um, but I just want to, I just want to celebrate one of our young leaders, this guy right here. Come on, let's go. Joey loves Jesus as much as anybody you'll ever meet. Joey is a great husband to Kayla. Joey's a great dad to Raleigh, so much so it can be obnoxious at times. I'm kidding. Um, but Joey's a great dad. Joey has vision. Joey has passion. Joey doesn't stop when he gets tired. He stops when he gets done. And Joey's leading the charge with, uh, with his next generation of leaders. And so couldn't be more honored to call him my friend and for us to do ministry together. And God has just been bringing young leaders to us so that we can launch them out. So, so how many of you, how many of you are over the age of 50? Be honest. Have some pride. Hold your hand up longer. I know it's hard because we're tired. <laughs> All right. So, 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 so for those of us over 50, listen to me really quick. Listen to what I got to say. This is really important. Man, we have this great, great opportunity right now to set up, to set up our church for the future. The leaders of our church for the future. We have this great opportunity, but we also have this great responsibility. We have this great responsibility. I believe God is looking at us saying, what will you do? Will you live beyond? Will you look beyond yourself, beyond your retirement, beyond your home, beyond your beach house? Will you look beyond that into the kingdom? And we need to set them up for success. We need to do the best thing we can do to help them be a launching pad, to remove any problems or barriers or anything that would hold them back so that they can move into the future. Now, we're doing this together, obviously, because even at 50, we still have a long way to go. Come on, somebody should celebrate that. But we know we want to do our part for this next generation as we move beyond now. Let's say beyond now together. Beyond now. Then we have beyond here. We're going to move beyond here. You know, the Great Commission that we talked about earlier says go into all the world. Jesus tells us as he leaves, he says, go Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world. This is our call. This is what a church does. And anytime we don't do that, guess what happens? You shrivel up and you die. 
So we need to keep our eyes on the horizon of where God is calling us into the beyond here. Now, the first place we're going to go, obviously, is the Elevate City Church that we've been talking about in Sandy Springs. Joey's leading the charge down there along with Joe Baker and Thomas. And we know that Sandy Springs has, uh, is one of the top 10 places for millennials to move in the United States. That in the fastest cities growing, fastest cities uh, growing in the United States, Sandy Springs is the only one in Georgia in the top 10. Um, that there is more happening, and there is not a church like ours in Sandy Springs. Now, I'm not saying that our church is better than any other church, but what I am saying is that our church is better than any other church. And we need to do what we can to see, help people come to know Jesus there. A lot of you are already engaged and going. Some of you, God has told to go and you haven't gone yet. Some of you have sold homes to move down there. Some of you have forfeited promotions so you can stay rooted in there. Yeah, and that is a movement of God, of people who are living beyond. We're going to, we're going to Sandy Springs, as Joey would say, for a generation. Also, Elevate City Church in Metro Atlanta. We know we, we want to look into Atlanta. Obviously, there's a lot of people in Atlanta. We've got a few locations that we're identifying. We're not solidified on what that looks like. But we want people to, who are part of Elevate City to be trained up, experienced, so they can go and launch another campus in Atlanta. Now, beyond here, let me, let me back up just one second. One of the things that I neglect to say is beyond here for us means that we're going to launch five, champ, five campuses or churches in the next five years. Okay, five all right, yeah, come on. And so those are the first two. Now this third one is an Elevate Church in Belgium. Belgium is less than half a percent Christian. I, this, this, this one, this one um, piece of information will tell you all you need to know about Belgium and how secularized and how dark and oppressive it is. In 2014, they had passed a law that, uh, that legalized child euthanasia. If that doesn't make you go, huh, like nothing will. How dark does a country have to be that that would be okay ever? How, how off track and off course does a culture have to be where that would be allowed? And so we're going in so that we can tell people about the hope they can have in Jesus, the light they can have for their future. We also believe we're going to learn a lot being in that context because the United States is moving in that direction. I'm not saying necessarily laws wise, but as far as secularization goes, we're headed that way. And it's going to help teach us a lot about that. We've laid some groundwork. It's time for us to take new ground in Belgium. Also a prison campus. You know, we know that God looks at the marginalized and he has a special heart for them. His heart beats for them. And he looks at people who move for them as moving for him. And so we want to go into a prison campus and there's, some multi, there's, there's a few different ways that we, you can go about that. But we want to launch an, internet cam, an online experience in prison as well as fund some dollars for a chaplain to be there. And so that one's on the way. And then this last one is a Compassion Church in Latin America. How many of you guys sponsor Compassion Kid? Like lots, of, look around the room, like lots of us. Some of you are over 50, your arms are tired. Um, lots of us sponsor Compassion Kids. Compassion's an amazing organization. They exist to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. And so when a Compassion wants to start a project, they look for a church because they only work through the local church. So when they go into a community that needs them and they don't have a local church, they can't start a project. And, was that a popper going off over there? <laughs> Security, what's up? No. Um, and so they, they, can't launch, they can't launch a project, right? 
They can't launch a project. All they can do is sit back and wait for somebody to launch a church. So they've adopted a new strategy. And the new strategy is to go ahead, they'll start the church and then they'll launch the project. Then you'll adopt kids and then you can go on mission trips. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna launch a compassion church in Latin America and we're gonna fund that. And then you know what we're gonna do, Stone Creek? We're gonna adopt every kid in that project. And then after, yeah, come on. And then after we do that, we're gonna take mission trips there and we're gonna build buildings and we're gonna build relationships. And so this will be our fifth campus, um, our fifth church that we'll launch through beyond here. Let's all say beyond here together, beyond here. And then finally, finally beyond us, finally beyond us, beyond anything that we will ever see. We wanna help support some of our strategic partners. We wanna be able to help support what they're doing, the work they're already engaged in, the lives that they're already changing. You know, some, one of those, obviously, She Is Safe. She Is Safe uh, helps release girls from human trafficking. They train them how to start businesses. They train them how to multiply and grow their businesses. Um, Joey and Thomas and I had an opportunity to be there this last year in Indonesia. They also went into India. My wife's actually going to um, hopefully get to Indonesia next month. Operation Mobilization, and it's an opportunity we have. They're a partner that's helping us with Elevate Belgium and some of the other things that we're doing internationally. Envision Atlanta down in Clarkston. Um, Clarkston is the most diverse square mile in the United States. Refugees from every conflict around the globe find their way to Clarkston from every major conflict. They've already launched 18 house churches in Clarkston, and we just wanna help fuel what God is doing there. And then we also have Summit Counseling. Summit Counseling is where um, our staff member, Jason Howard, has uh, worked. You know, Jason hit 40 and decided, I think, I, or in early 40s, decided, I'll just go back to school and get a counseling degree. He's what you classify as an overachiever. Um, but Jason has gone back, and Jason, and this is not hyperbole, Jason is literally changing lives. Yeah, somebody should clap for that. <clears throat> So we wanna be able to help partner with Summit Counseling and some of the great work that they're doing. Also, Verve Church in Las Vegas is a church that we've supported. It's doing some ministry in some difficult places. Some of those who are extremely marginalized that nobody really goes after. And we wanna be able to help them take the next step in their own journey. So that is, let's say this together, beyond us. Beyond us, beyond us. Now what's this gonna take? What's this gonna take? That's what you wanna know. You already looked at your book and tried to look ahead, didn't you? This is gonna take about $10.25 million, okay, $10.25 million. Now let me bring some context to that because maybe that's a lot, maybe it's not, who knows. Let me just tell you, this would be twice what we would give in a two-year period, okay? Another way of saying that is that this is doubling what we would do in a two-year period. Another way of saying this is take what we would give and multiply it times two, and that would be $10.25 million. So over the course of two years, we would naturally normally give without any special initiatives, we'd give a little over $5 million. So what we believe is that, this, that we want to give over $10 million in the next two years. Now, now, here's what I believe. I believe that for some people are like, that seems like a lot. Some people are like, that doesn't seem like much. And some people are like, I can't believe you're talking about money at church. Listen, we got confetti on the floor. Money is not the biggest problem we got. <laughs> but but what, what I believe is I believe... I believe that this is, this is gonna help us move beyond. This is the beyond that God is calling us to. H how do we do that? Man, we all participate. We want everybody to participate. Now, 
I believe, I know, I know that some of us, some of you could write seven figure checks. I know, and that's gonna be needed. And I hope God's challenging you right now in the midst of that. And if you're thinking, oh, that's not me, maybe it is. For some of you, a three figure check would be life changing. And it would be hard and you'd have to sacrifice and give up. But I still would challenge even you because I know the blessing of generosity. We just want everybody to participate. And we believe if you'll just get in the journey with us, God's gonna grab your heart for something. And he's gonna use your life to write stories in the future like the ones we watched at the beginning of, our, uh, of the sermon. We all participate, we all passionately pray. Without God in the middle of it, we'll fail. We won't make it. But with God, nothing is impossible. Man, look at our lives, look at what Jesus has done. We have to pray and ask God to be a part of it. Hey, and we all promote the story. We all need to promote the story. If you haven't told anybody about the hope and the life-changing power in the name of Jesus, you're missing out on the great joy of life. And we need to promote the story in our groups, on our volunteer teams, in our community. And we need to come together to make this happen. You wanna close out with one story from the Bible and then I want us to worship on the way out to King of Kings. And I know we're late, but you know me, I'm, we don't normally run late. And lunch is waiting for you. It, it will be fine. And they know that your kids are screaming. They were prepared for that. So don't let it bother you because this is important. In the Bible, my favorite story about giving is called the widow's might. Anybody heard of the widow's might? The widow's might is a story where Jesus is in the temple and he's looking out and uh, as people are coming by to give and the way it would have worked, it was a holy day. So there was a lot of people and they would come by and they would dump their offering in these metal uh, urns that were in, in the temple. And so people who had a lot of money, they'd come in and they'd put a lot of money and make a lot of noise. You know how sometimes people make a lot of noise? They would make a lot, <laughs> they would make a lot of noise because they wanted to be noticed. And so as, as Jesus is sitting there, first thing that we notice is he's watching their giving. Watch what happens. It says in this, in this verse, it says, Jesus looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts in the offering box. He's watching. I don't think he was just watching then. I think he's watching now. This isn't just for 2,000 years ago. This is for today. So he's watching the rich put their offerings in the offering box. And then he saw a poor widow putting two small copper coins. And he said, do you, do you think anybody noticed that? Really? After all the noise and all the clanging and all the money, ain't nobody noticed these two coins going in. They, they wouldn't, it was too much noise happening. They wouldn't have even noticed this widow walks by, but Jesus does. And he says, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. Clearly he can't do math because <laughs> that's not what happened. But then he explains it. They all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had to give. Like that's a powerful story. Now, the reason why it's so powerful for me, that widow's story, that's my mom's story. Like my mom worked two jobs, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, just so that she could make ends meet. Man, my mom would go and pick up kids and who didn't have a way to church and she'd take them to church. She was always living beyond herself. And, and then my mom gets today, the year where she's gonna turn 80, she gets to sit in our services and hear about a vision that's gonna impact hundreds of thousands of people. And she can know that she sowed seeds into that vision back when I was just a little boy. Come on. 
So, so I have to ask myself, what about me? After, with that is my history, with that is, is the example I've had. And then you have to ask yourself, with all the people that have gone beyond for us, how could we do any less? Let's get in this journey together, Stone Creek, and let's see what God will do in the beyond of eternity. Let's pray together. God, we are just grateful for the gospel. And God, I pray that in these next few moments as we worship the King of Kings, that you're honored. And God, I pray that we would see beyond a service, beyond a presentation, to the beyond of people's lives and the beyond of the gospel. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hey, let's stand together and finish out strong worship today.